0: Hello and welcome guys to another episode of Real Talk with Benno. I am lucky enough today to be joined by St Kilda superstar, Stephen Milne. Stephen, how are you going, mate? Good. Thanks for having me, mate. Looking forward to a yeah, good chat. No, thanks for coming on, mate. We normally like to start these with how I know the person or I don't, I don't know you personally, but we did bump into each other at the Carlton St Kilda practice match and you were there watching your boy play for the Sandy Zebras and that's... Probably the closest thing we have to a connection is I umpired him a bit when he was playing school footy as a I think he was in like year five or six back in about 2011-2012. So that's our closest connection. How's he? How's he going playing at the Zebs? Yeah, good. He
1: uh, had his first game on the weekend. They uh, got pumped actually by Casey, uh, the Casey Demons. Pretty good side, but no, he did his job and um, I think they lost by 80 points. But he's going okay. He was lucky enough to get voted vice captain, um, yeah, you know, for the Sandy Zebras and. Um, hopefully you can have a good year and um, see what happens. But uh, he's enjoying it, and um, yeah, it's going to be a good year for the Zebs.
0: How, how do you find watching him? Obviously, you've done um, it I had high, this question on so. the
1: weekend. I'm pretty, pretty laid back. I'd just go, you know, watch and have a beer. But you get a bit, you get a bit nervous. You always get nervous. Um, but it is different. Just, and you, know, you know, I'm 42, and you know, got a 20-year-old I had Him when I was very young. So to be able to go and watch him now and kind of live my kind of footy kind of through him and watch him grow and develop um, is exciting. And then obviously on the weekend they had five of his mates and my parents and Mel's parents um, you know come watch so there was a bit of a there was a, a few watching him so it's going to be a good year they play hopefully he gets a game the next few weeks and they play at the G in a couple of weeks before the Hawthorne game so he's pretty excited about that but um,
0: yeah it is good fun um, you know watching him each week yeah my, my nephew he um, he plays, starts his under 9s career on Sunday in a practice match. I, I don't miss them days. Let me I've, tell you. I've been horrid just at training. I am sitting there like, no, go here, stand there. That.
1: I don't miss them days. Let me tell you, <laughs> under yeah. nines and tens doing in the, in the line, but you got to do it. Everyone, yeah. We all did it. So um, yeah, I didn't coach till I was about under 16s so I coach Tyson, so I missed all them shitty years <laughs> of under nine, tens, and <laughs> elevens. Yeah, um, let one of the other dads do that, and they'll do it when they can kick and listen and. Um, and then uh, what position do
0: you go to yeah I think it's a 8am start um, yeah so I'm not I'm not particularly keen um, I'm excited but yeah not particularly keen to get up at, at 7 and head out especially um,
1: after
0: Saturday night yeah we, <laughs> footy, our footy club's got the first function of the year so oh, yeah not, not fond of the idea <laughs> um, start with your footy career I mean St Kilda obviously where you did all your work but Essendon Reserves is where you started at that kind of at that level at that time Essendon were an unbelievable team yep. when you're batting away in that reserves team I mean what was it what's going through your mind Are you kind of thinking like there's like I'm gonna have to break down the wall here to well, get in or? kind
1: of at the time it was yeah a bit surreal that I was even on the list because I got overlooked in you know the drafts um and I was just doing a pre-season down at Frankston VFL team and obviously a good mate of mine Ramanaskis Adam Ramanaskis got drafted there and they were a bit short on numbers and I remember Adrian Dodoro giving me a call to come play a few practice matches and not that I didn't think I could play AFL but I was very skinny and, and raw at that time and I you know, probably didn't tackle as much and um, was more about goals you know, than, than anything. So um, once I got to Essendon it was a bit surreal because you had like guys like James Hurd, Mercedes, McCurry, Steve Alessio, you know, like names can go so on. And, you know, Dean Solomon and um, it, it was full on. So I just kind of played that year in the twos to have a bit of fun with Ramah. He's sort of in Hampton Park, so we used to drive on the freeway up and back and up and back twice in two days. He's a game for a snooze in between weights. And lucky enough, we won under Terry Downer. You know, I think we only lost a game or two and ended up winning, winning the grand final against St Kilda and... Uh, lucky enough to play pretty well on the, on the G um, against Essendon in the grand final, and kind of got picked up by in, in the rookie list the year after. So that kind of year I wasn't expecting. Didn't think I would play, you know AFL. It was just more to I was happy enough to be on a AFL list and and play good footy and, and win a flag, I suppose. Yeah,
0: won a flag, I mean, Two flags are arguably better than one flag, some would say. You then you go to St Kilda, who at that time probably in a very different space to what Essendon were. I mean, did you feel like, for one, obviously probably a better way in because you know you probably need a few more games. But how did you how did you feel when you you're at the probably the top end and you, you couldn't get get the crack in, and then you go down to a so side that's probably the other end? And I mean, how did you know, how did you if feel? If you the look difference?
1: at it now, probably pretty lucky that it kind of happened that way. I was more excited that didn't have to drive to Windy Hills. It was an hour in the car each day, and it was only 25 to uh, Moorabbin from uh, from Hampton Park. But if you look at it that way, I think I was kind of you know blessed a little bit by going to a club that was kind of struggling at the time and. I didn't have many small forwards and so I had to kinda, of, you know, work on my craft for that two years and obviously build my body to a AFL standard and I probably wasn't even really ready when I was twenty one. I was still very skinny and very raw and didn't know, you know, how to be professional um, at that early age. But I was just lucky enough to go to a club that were kinda of struggling and kinda of starting to rebuild again and then we picked out guys like Louie, Cozzy, Joey, Paulie all in the next two or three years and we kinda of built it from the ground up. So um, looking back It was probably a blessing That Johnny Beveridge You know Took a risk on me And um, Yeah Lucky enough to play You know Third on years At the top level and I, I wouldn't have thought I was going to play A year or two
0: After getting overlooked And um, Yeah how do, you, how do you feel You said you're you overlooked You didn't you play place so your footy And then you You leave the game At the time you left You were definitely The best small forward Of all time And now you and Eddie Betts kid will have that debate for Forever yeah. It seems I mean how, how does that sit with you uh, it's pretty special, kind of, once
1: when, when someone brings it up, I was lucky enough to you know, pop in a Triple M, Saints-Conway game, and they kind of brought it up, so it kind of gets brought up at sportsman's nights and stuff like that, and you're kind of pretty chuffed or pretty proud of yourself when it does get brought up, but when, when you're playing, you don't really know, you know you're going okay, when you're playing, you just want to do the right thing by the team and stay in the team and, you know, build yourself up to play each week and play good footy and be a good team man and win games of footy, so... To look back at that now and you know if i'm in that category it's uh you know pretty obviously pretty proud of myself for all the hard work i did do obviously got overlooked three or four years in a row and you know got dropped you know multiple times to kind of you know be a bit resilient and you know you know kept getting knocked back and obviously you know get up and do what i did um you know kind of pretty proud when i when i look, look back at that
0: we mentioned that you um you should be proud just uh quietly Thanks, but um <laughs> You mentioned you go to the Saints and it's not quite the team that it it became. You mentioned building it from the ground up. How much did that mean to that core group? I mean, a lot of you guys stayed there. I know Borley left after the 0-9 grand final, but you were still there for a very long time. How did it mean for that core group? I mean, what did that mean to you guys to build it from the ground up? Obviously, you fall just short, as we'll touch on later, but you still achieved some amazing things. I mean, how did that feel, building that yourselves?
1: Oh, it's pretty special when you you look back at it. We're all still close mates and best mates now. Obviously, you, you don't see each other because of kids and footy and you know work and stuff like that but we still all catch up yearly and still get 20 to 25 there um from the 09 010 or basically 04 kind of to you know 12 kind of time um so when you look at it like that we're pretty lucky that we had such a good group um and no one really left or we had a few people come in here and there um you know obviously Snide and, and shawny demps doing things like that but once they come in they were kind of saints for life after that and didn't go anywhere else so we didn't have many kind of come in, but once you're in, you're kind of in that kind of group of players that, you know, did everything to win and were really close. So when you think of it like that, of how we'll kind of, you know, bottom of the ladder and kind of, you know, you know risen pretty quick to play finals and consistent finals,
0: and then, you know, two, three years of back-to-back grannies, it's, uh, yeah, pretty special. You mentioned '04 4 there, and that's really where the success started for you guys. I think you went 10-0, an unbelievable start to the year you then you get done by port in a prelim that probably a bit stiff and i think we just saw buddy kick his out and yep. people power specs fraser yep. gary kicks his hundreds yeah, in G, that yeah. game the saints were right on top that yeah. night if i can't remember i mean what impact did that have and what, what can you remember from that moment
1: yeah it was kind of look that kind of 0203 when it first started when grant thomas came in he built a pretty good culture you know work hard kind of play hard and you know just do what you got to do to become a, a good footy player and like we had great rider models like as you said the G-Train, Hamill um, and the Rui and Cozzy's kind of come in, halves Aussie um, Jones was still there at the time so we had a really good culture for when we were going to be 23, 24, 25 and yeah we were lucky enough to have a good year in 04 and 05 and um, obviously we were well on top at the old Adelaide Oval we've been spat out many a times from the old Port supporters. Um, but then, yeah, when, when that happened, it was a—it's a bit of a shock. It was so g- good to be a part of, but it did kind of ha- held our momentum a little bit. Um, but yeah, it was one of them ones. Did it did it hinder us or didn't it? Did it help us? Did it hinder us? You look back at it, and it, it looks like we did could we lost. But if we had a one, we only lost by a kick, so we didn't lose by like, ten goals or you know twenty goals. So um, it was good for G to do it, but it was unfortunate that we kind of lost. And at the time, you know, you're twenty-four, you don't think. Oh, prelim, you think you'll get there next year, the year after. You think, Oh, we've got a good list, we've got a good group, got a few guys, you know, we'll get a few guys in, but then all of a sudden, 05, we'll make the finals, and 06, 07, we kind of, you know, drop a little bit, and then we have to kind of build back up when Rossi come in. So, it um, ebbs and flows really quickly, but if you get a good coach, good group of players
0: it can it can you know you can go put it you can can go north very quickly yeah i think i think we saw that melbourne and Carlton started off really well so i think yeah that it doesn't necessarily need to be a long progress up the ladder um 04 you lose by the goal port adelaide going to beat brisbane a pretty battered brisbane um and i remember akka i spoke to akka not long ago and he said that they were beaten up going to that do you do you think if you had won the port adelaide prelim that you guys are primed to win that flag i mean we were in pretty good nick, I
1: think. Even Aaron Hamill might not have been injured that. Yeah, but we were pretty fresh um, at that time, and that's why we kind of hit the ground running in at uh, the start of that the um, the first quarter because we had the weekend off. We beat Adelaide uh, over at Adelaide, so we knew the ground obviously pretty well. You know, training there two or three times, playing there twice within three weeks. So um, we knew the ground, and it's a hindsight, isn't it? If we got in, we were one.
0: Would hope so, but we we weren't pretty fresh, and um, yeah, it was pretty disappointing in the end. Um, in that in that time, it's probably where you played some of your best footy. You kicked eleven goals one night against Brisbane at at, Eddie, at the Telskine I don't think yep, it was yeah, then, at yeah. a place where you did your best work. Yep. I mean, not not to not to brag, but I kicked ten once in another 19s <laughs> North game. But I remember that day. You know, you think oh, like, what you're at the top level against one of the best teams of all time. And you had it on the screen. What's that feeling like? It's
1: like, not real, because it's like I have once in 270 games. So it's, when you you know you're on, you're on, if you know what I mean. It's obviously you kick 10. And so on any level, you ask a kid, you ask, you know, buddy last week, kick a 1,000, or I'm not sure who the last player was to kick 10 or 12, you know, like Mark, LaCla- Mark Lacroix did it. But it was just everywhere you go, like, you, you couldn't drop it, you couldn't fumble, you know, normally some that days you, you could be on four times and I could have kicked 12 today, you only kicked three goals too because, you know, Cosby didn't kick it to me or Snide kicked it to someone else or Rui didn't handball it to me. But this this day was just, everywhere I went, the ball landed in my lap, you know, and I kicked, obviously I kicked 11 straight and everything went straight. So it was just one of them nights where everything went perfectly and um, we had to win by a certain amount of points. I think in. that was the, uh, Essendon, that was oh nine. 9 Um... We had to, yeah, we won easy and, you know, went to that final the week after and I think it was a halves record breaking game where we beat Adelaide. So it was a good build-up, but it was just one of them nights that happens to,
0: you know, a certain amount of players once in a blue moon. Do you, do you walk into the rooms after that? So you rolled Brisbane, you made them quite handsomely. You kicked 11. I mean, is there just a sense of, leave, leave me to it, oh, I've was, done, I've it done was, enough here? It
1: was a bit of that, but it was it was such a long year, but I was absolutely knackered. I remember going home, um, and I was home by myself, and I didn't even have a beer that night. I was naked. We had the final the week after as well, so it was a bit of you know, yeah, it was it was great at the time. But it was also and as soon as that game finished, it was we had you know like bigger things to you know cook up next week and um, obviously beat uh, whoever we we're going to play after playing Adelaide. So it was a very quiet night. Um, if it happened again, it wouldn't be a quiet night, but um, <laughs> it was around three or four it might have not have been because it was around twenty two. Um, yeah, it was very different.
0: Um, I've heard you mention on uh, Dylan Friends that you felt Aaron Joseph, former Carlton player, was someone he get a hold of. Now, you got a hold of probably more than got a hold of you, but was there one that you couldn't you couldn't quite shake?
1: Uh, no one that was like March, you know, nemesis or nothing like that. I had a few, like, a lot of good battles with Jared Crouch um, from Sydney. Like, that was, you know, a seven or eight year period of just back and forth. And um, a lot of the players... Back then were just obviously full-blown full, full tags. Well, not now. I'd love to be playing as a four-pocket now because they run off and get a few cheapies over the back and stuff like that. But Jared Crouch probably Mark McVeigh or Mark Johnson from, from Essendon, um, you know, I'll, I'll keep the couple on here and there. But when you've finished a game of footy against them two, you know you've, you've you know you've know played. Like, you can get through a game, you know, with few opponents and stuff. But when you've played a game against Mark jo- John Owen and Mark McVeigh, who I know pretty good... Um, yeah, a few knees in the back, and in the back of the hammies and calves, and you can't do that these days. You a few punch <laughs> of the elbows, uh, Stevie Baker style, but uh, that were the two that were probably the most. But Jared Crouch, probably every game was just, I knew he was playing on me. Like it was just St. Yeah. St. Sydney, I know I'm getting Crouch. You didn't have to watch any vision, I knew what he would do. So it was a, yeah, it was a good, um,
0: yeah, good competition. You mentioned yeah. playing Sydney there, and obviously probably one of the biggest highlights from St Kilda, Sydney over the years was Nick Rayrocks mark. Now we all laud at what Rui did But you were in the unfortunate position yeah. of coming up the footy Should have got a free kick What, are you, what, are you, what goes through your head when yeah, you're, getting, you're getting pushed towards the contest And you've got Rui coming 100 well, miles an hour Once you look
1: at it when it comes up Pretty lucky then, I'm good to dodge his foot Because it could have kicked my head off um, But yeah, it was a ridiculous mark If I was in the middle, I wouldn't have doing that I'm not, I'm not that bloody stupid um, but when you look at it, it's lucky I didn't get a blood rule or, you know, like stitches or anything like that. It was just, um, yeah, best mark off. So that one or, you know, Jonathan Brown against on Brisbane, but I'd still take, yeah, Rui Just That was his second, second or third year. I'm not sure what year it was, but it was pretty early Sunday afternoon at, at the SCG. It was a special, yeah, special, um, special mark.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. I think the way his body flips and controls yeah, yeah, it's it. just <laughs> it's pecks and There's no yeah, there's no stupid, way you're really yeah, no <laughs> <fight> doing <laughs> it, no matter no matter the amount of money I'm getting paid at whatever level. Yep. Um in the oh9 it's it all starts to click again. I think your defensive system is unbelievable. But you had quite a potent attack as well was when you really Cosy was up and flying. I think might have been leading the coal when we round four, Coszy. Um that year, obviously, you, you get done by the cuts. But before that, you plugged along at Eddie Hart. I think it was 50,000. You were yep. 13 and all. Both teams were undefeated. Was that the biggest kind of home-and-away game you ever played in? Cause it's, the biggest build-up, yeah. The it best was a, home and away game.
1: before COVID, there was a, the Saints did a thing in the Trevor Barker room or doing downstairs at the newly uh, renovated rooms. and it was, we, watched, we watched the whole game and it wasn't that good, that game. So I'm not sure why I got invited. But, um, but it was like a build-up of a final, like... It was, um, was kind of, these two teams are going to be grand finalists or in the finals, um, you know, we're both going so good, you know, who's going to, you know, come out with the chocolates and um, we were pretty wound up that game or, or that kind of year because it was always, we look at Geelong, because, like, you know, it's like 7 and each week, for, you know, if they played Friday night, we'd get to the rooms and Saturday and Rossi would have Geelong last night. Yep, they did what they did, they just kept doing it. So we always kind of looked up to see how good Geelong were and why they were so consistent because they had 22 guys you know, having a crack play in their role each week so each week that kind of got brought up to us, Geelong, 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 we ended up getting sick of hearing about Geelong, you know what I mean so it's time for us to start, not like our own you know, like not, not, not our own future but just you know, let's start everyone talking about us and not Geelong anymore so, and this was that was the first test of going alright, let's see, you know um, who's boss and you know we come out and, and had a good game it was you know one of the toughest games um, that i've played in for home and away and, and the big show michael gardner kicked four and um you know went nuts and
0: he yeah, was a good game to be a part of yeah, then it was a, it was an unbelievable game i think that you guys kicked the first five they then kicked i think five or six in a row it was, it was an unbelievable home and away game then culminates in the grand final um one of many that you guys just missed out on do you guys think for one That you are the best team That year Because obviously your record I think you were 19 Or yeah, 19, know, 15, I mean, 16 like, games I yeah, beat yeah. Or something ridiculous did you, did you comfortably think You were the best team Going into that And then You obviously knew John Were going to raise their level Being an experienced finals team But I think you had your chances In that 9 game as yeah, well Yeah
1: that's the One that probably hurts the most The 9 one Because we are easily The best team All year Went in 16 in a row And then Dropped a couple And then kind of you know, Picked our game back up Just leading into finals And you know Bet the doggies um i was down at half time but i think that was a year um and then come back to win that one and then got in the granny and then you know it wasn't ours to lose because we lost it but it was just such a you know poor day the rain and the hawkins hit the post everson just kind of didn't go away we we missed a couple of sodas as well in front of goal that kind of hurt us and um obviously the toe poke at the end you know we're still in it till the last kind of minute and a half two minutes so that that's probably the one that hurts the most when I mean, you you look back at it that we should have won that one because we that was the start of a two or three year period where we were pretty dominant um, and if we hadn't won that one who knows what could have kind of happened after that.
0: Yeah, I think I think you see that one. You guys were definitely the best team all year, home and away. At least you have the next year, 2010. That was kind of Collingwood's domination. When when you get to that one, is there an element of you know you were the new you were new to the dance against Geelong and they might have just had a little bit of that finals did you get to that Collingwood one thinking or now where that, where yeah, that we, knew, team we've we knew been what here?
1: to expect from the grand final parade from the build up from the week from the ticketing from the parents from your mates from you knew what to kind of expect so it wasn't new of holy shit what's going on here we've, you had to turn your phone off for a couple of days out and and all that kind of stuff so you kind of been there before and done it and now we've gone close and obviously we ticked all the boxes off during the year to get to this stage um, and then we had a bit of a slow start and kinda of come back and obviously yeah it was a draw in the end but um you look back at it and Geelong was a one but look back at it, you know, if we had started a little bit better in that kind of Collingwood one, we you know, probably and it was a two years of, you know, spending all our tickets, you know, like yeah. twenty two game, twenty two game, training our asses off, you know, Rossi on our back of make being better, being professionals, which we which we were, but it was just a constant effort of just, you know, kind of we fell off the cliff in the end and just we could not couldn't have done any more you know laid another tackle or another smother or you know we, yeah we could have kicked straight and it was just
0: the week after we were just absolutely cooked and spent and um, we couldn't give any more unfortunately obviously the yeah, idea is like if there was extra time i don't think there's much there if there's extra time the saints probably win that one yeah but the thing that preludes the going to extra times obviously the bounce of the ball to yourself yeah now no doubt you've been asked like, just a couple of times yeah. but you made a craft of knowing where the ball would bounce, knowing what, you know, what, if the ball's coming down at that angle, where's it going to yep. go. When you're watching that come over, are you do you have any inkling that it's it might be bouncing away from nah, you? Nah, because it was a bit of a... Yeah, it's dead cat on
1: on, <laughs> on here. But it, but it was a bit of a mungle kind of floater kind of thing. So when it was kind of coming in, I knew it was going to kind of bounce anywhere. Like, because I did get Ben Johnson out, and, and it was probably for me to away. So I was thinking, if I die for this and miss it, I'm going to look like an idiot. Um, you know, but because I, I, I wouldn't be able to get there for a mark so i kind of dive and try and get it or touch it it bounces over me and we don't get a point so I just kind of obviously had to let it go because it was too far too far from me and, and I went through for a point um, obviously to draw the game and a lot of people don't remember there was still a minute 50 mm-hmm. nearly two minutes to go after that so there was still a lot of time for them to get a point us to get a point and it kind of just bubbled around on the wing and went back in, went back out so it was a lot of time but said that was the last score, so that kinda gets brought up the most. But um no, it would have been pretty special. I'm not sure I'd be sitting here if I did <laughs> did mark it or kick it in those I'd, you know, been Hawaii or Thailand or something, but um it's uh yeah, it is what it is and gets brought up but that's
0: it's footy and you move on. Oh often it would have come up, I'm sure, especially after that, that game and leading into the new season, it probably would have come in your mind a fair bit, but does it come, did, did you just play that moment over or did you play hypotheticals? Did you think, what if I'd marked it and run in? What would I have done? Like, how many different scenarios ran through your head? After the
1: first couple of months it did. Like, it was just a bit of everything. Like, you know, could I have got it? No, I couldn't. Like, once I knew I couldn't have got it, and then it showed up. And um, Yeah, it was, it was more so, yeah, what would have happened after I kicked it and would have kicked it in the Joth's teeth or the Collingwood cheer, cheer Squad or... Um, it was more so celebrating but then it was more so if, you kicked, if I kicked it and then they went down and kicked it, it would have been a draw was, it was just a thousand things of just like you've been at a pub and asking them, mate what would you do if this happened Like it's just, it's like a what if, it didn't happen so you can't do nothing so you just talk about it if you do a podcast or a sportsman's night and um, have a beer and, and you get over it pretty quick but it did take a while to get over you know, 10, 12 years ago but um, and when it gets brought up you just answer it and Move on. Yeah, no, I think that's
0: an awesome match to be able to, to leave it back there because I think it's, it is an iconic moment, whether for good for bad or yourself. Yeah, it is, yeah. you know, you're a part of you're a part of grand final history in that spot there. Um, when you guys are coming back, it's obviously a pretty Collingwood strong crowd. I mean, they hadn't been there for a while. They were pretty, you know, they were amped up to win one. But when that comeback starts coming, how did that feel? The atmosphere in that in that ground because obviously you'd probably say 70-30 Collingwood crowd perhaps. But how does it feel when you start hearing that? The minority of the Saints fans getting up and about, you know you guys have got that run. how does that
1: excitement, so or were it sniffy like it wasn't didn 't feel like it felt like we were, we were a massive chance because you just felt like they had they, they stopped, so it was more so like we no, were a big chance here, like we were covering the ground really well, and all our good players were playing good. Lenny just kicked that bomb from sixty, and then bJ took that mark um, I think I, I took a mark on Harry Brian you know kick, kick a goal and get us to five points and or whatever, whatever it was. So it was more so no, we're a chance here. Look at look at the clock, and there's four minutes left, and saying this is gonna you know be the best day of your life. So it was more so that they did go kind went a bit quiet. Um, yeah, our guys picked up, and, and you don't really look at the crowd. You, you you know that they're there, but you don't you know they're there, but you don't even you know what I mean. It sounds weird, but you just think mate, shit. This is gonna be unbelievable. So you just you know, you've got to stay in the moment because you know you might have a moment where you know can be, be or, you know make you or break you yeah? so um yeah we'll just like enough after it was a draw and we we got to go to next week because um yeah it was a tough uh aftermatch and training the next week it was all a bit surreal that that, that week leading after it went for about four weeks really the, the, the week it was
0: it couldn't come around quick enough um obviously the head of head of all that in that successful time is ross line now I'm, I'm an absolute fan for a rossy story i think they are so some of the some gold content so ask, like is there any any rossi stories that stick oh, stick out to you yeah, there's plenty of rossi stories i
1: did a sportsman's uh day with him at albury about a month ago and it was a good day and a couple of beers and no he's such a good man uh, but the, the the best one probably is when uh nicky dale and myself got dropped um after the sydney game i think we were 14 and 0. no it was 2007 no we, we were, it Well, it's 2007 or eight yeah, maybe two thousand. I don't know. I haven't got in my diary when I got dropped. <laughs> um, and we're playing in Sydney, and it's raining, and kick two shaved me a head like I think 0.5 and I wore one one screw and one blade because on my you know on my left the, the screws used to kill your feet and stuff, so I wore one screw, and one blade, and I kept falling over um, this night, and we got we got done. I think we'll going okay, and we ended up getting up, overrun and. Um, he gave us a bit of a spray after the game and said that unacceptable and stuff and then we went back to moorabbin uh it was in sydney went back to moorabbin um and we had the uh, game review and he asked me to, i would have fallen over probably 10 times up to five to ten times that day and a couple of crucial times and a couple of holding the balls and a couple of shit moments that game and didn't have many tackles i think i still kicked two or three and they got dropped I go, this is not right you have to kick goals and and that was kind of the start of you know like you know, you're not just in the team to kick goals you've got to do, do everything but i remember going to the uh to me boot room and to, to get me boots and he goes you know here's the boots so i gave him the boots and there was one blade and one screw he's gone no the boots from the weekend i said dad these are the boots I wore on the weekend he goes there's fucking one screw and one blade you can't wear these. Just grabbed them and threw them against the wall as hard as he could in front of in front of everyone, in front of the whole team, and said, "Don't you fucking effing wear these again?" So I never wore them again. Dale and I, and I th- think Dale would have had 23 or twelve I can't remember how many possessions, but it was in the 20s, and I, I think he had no tackles as well. Um, then a few of the other boys said, "Oh, you, you set a standard. You got to you know tackle and all this kind of stuff." So. Yeah, Dale and I were the ones that got dropped and uh, went back to Coburg. Played uh, against Coburg that day. I think Dale had twenty-eight or thirty, a couple, and I had I had twenty and kick four, and we were straight back in and le- <laughs> learned our lesson. And went to the Gold Coast the week after, and we were under the pump, and we beat the we played Gold Coast. I think we played North up there. Yeah, we North. Yeah, we played North up there and got back in, and I think I laid three or four tackles, kick four, and. I uh, had a few beers after that, and we'll kind of back, and I never look kind of back after that. So it was probably the turning point of you know, the, I was 26, 27 at the time. Um, now it's kind of the turning point, and you know, didn't get dropped again, and played some you know decent, consistent footy after that. Definitely
0: a method to his madness. His, his love for Lenny is well documented by a lot of the boys around at that time. Lenny doesn't strike me as someone who would love that much attention. had had that relationship kind no, of?
1: Because Lenny hates people talking about Lenny. Um, but yeah, that no, but it was because Lenny just set such a high standard and was such a good fellow and Lenny does Lenny ne- never does anything wrong kind of thing, and uh, and Rossi always used to go to Lenny, and I reckon they had a, Lenny would have spoke to Ross a few times and said just keep, keep my name out, keep my name out of it. I'm thinking you mentioned to me, um, that, that's for sure. But uh, Lenny was uh, captain of our club and such a role model to you know me now, obviously one of his best mates and to obviously the young kids and or uh, young players kind of coming up, like, you know, to play oh, just under 300 and a couple of knees, couple of shoulder recos like, very underrated uh, Lenny, but it's good that he's starting to get noticed you know, more and more um, in that kind of, you know, the bar Bartels, the hazes and um, etc, so uh, yeah, Ripper bloke Len, Ripper bloke He's a farmer now, the madman. He's got a farm up in the Blue Mountains. Who would have thought he'd have a farm? But yeah, he's, uh, I've got to get up there and have a look, see
0: um, how he can uh, milk a cow. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you were quite a polarising figure in your time. I think you're probably one of those players you see them now. That you're on your team you'd love them, or against you you can't stand it. For one, did you did you thrive off the crowd kind of, or the opposition kind of? Hating, did you get off? That? And how, how did you deal with it when? Because at times it, it it kind of fluctuated. I think if you're playing well, you, you genuinely caught some horrid abuse from up the stands. How did you deal with that as it as it went on? How did, how did that did yeah. it ever impact?
1: Just you? part of the game. No, nah, it didn't impact me at all, mate. I don't, don't know any supporters or anyone like that. I just you know love the secure supporters and hate every other supporter. So it was just more more theatre than anything. And you know I did thrive off it and you know get a kick early and get yourself up and about and. You know blow a kiss to the collingwood cheer squad and carlton cheer squad and get them involved so it was more kind of theater and anything but it was just you know a bit of bit of muck around stuff and um and even now and then you know you could hear a couple of things but nothing major because you're all so focused on the game and stuff and um yeah player left i was pretty happy you know the most hated play in the comp three or four years in a row but you don't even you know like think about that until someone kind of says it like but that it is what it it was what it was and. It was more fun than anything just you know banter and if if Fraser kicked the goal or Rui kicked the goal and I'm in the goal square and watching it go through and you know stick the finger up or give him the fist up or blow him a kiss it was more them going crazy yeah yeah like um it was just good fun in the end
0: really. You, 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 You retired probably right when social media and football interaction was starting to take off do you kind of count your blessings that maybe you missed that the agent we hear players now getting dms all the time Are you kind of glad you you got out right as that 100
1: oh, but i think even now like i think early days you know i used to buy the old sun just to see if my name was in it and check if i wasn't the best players and stuff like that And because you're just a kid wanting to play footy you know but but now i, I don't think i'm i'm a social media like instagram but i hardly ever use that so i'm not i'm not big on on that site on that side of it um I've got a twitter account but i don't use it i just use it for news it's like buying the hell of a son you know so just check on it for news so i'm not a big social media man but even if i was i wouldn't have thought i'd read it because you're reading stuff that people don't you don't even know or they've got no impact on your life so i was a firm believer in the coach your parents your mates people you trust your manager and that's it like the people you trust and you know yeah, get advice off so man, I couldn't care less what bloody John Smith or you know Ralph whoever says you know what what they say so I wouldn't I've gone into that because and I wouldn't have gone back and all the, all the keyboard worries there's millions out there so I kind of I'm, I'm old school in, in that kind of thing but I do get it how some people or kids do read it because they, they see good things on there and they feel good about themselves but um, it's all a bit of a myth I, I think I think you, the kids just should you know, shouldn't have it or, or use it uh, very, very little. But just more focus on you know your teammates, your, you know, obviously your coaches, your family, and get, get back to a bit of old school. Because I've got two kids and, and they're on it, and it's more. It's it's the way the world's going, so you can't change anything. So you know, no one's gonna oh, people are gonna, listen to this, no one's gonna listen to this, and I was gonna listen to this. Go, oh, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna go off it. So it's more, you know, interacting with people and. Creating memories, not by look, look. Look what this guy did on the phone. Yeah. I couldn't give a shit what someone else did. You know, yeah. did I? Just more so, you know, what my my players did, or you know, yeah. watching your vision yourself after a game. You know, watch you going through this or that, and going, this is how you did it. But now you can see it straight after on Twitter or whatever someone did wrong, and and it is all kind of negative. It's all grand thomas used to say it's all it used to be all toilet paper they wrote something negative in the paper you just use it as toilet paper yeah
0: spot on um you kicked hundreds of goals from pretty much all over the deck is there one for any reason at all or a couple that stand out to you as ones that just sit in the back of the memory
1: um there. it's not really there's a few that i've kind of um i've enjoyed I, I, over the years a couple of against port adelaide you know, banana on the, on the side when it was raining and, and stuff like that. Um, but maybe the grand final one to get us five points up, but there's not one memorable one, you know, maybe the, the 11th one i kicked. you know, straight. It was kind of on the boundary and stuff like that. But there's a no, you know, exact one that I uh, think I would love to do that. I'd, I'd love to do it all again, don't get me wrong, but one I think about every day. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it was just good fun, kicking goals and... Celebrating, I suppose. You,
0: you mentioned, like, rolling up cheer squads and stuff like that. Was there a player whose skin you knew you'd just get under with, with the click of a oh, finger? Jackie King was pretty good to get under. Yeah, Jackie King and Owen Jones, they were the
1: two that had plenty of blues and plenty of scuffles and jumper punches with um, that I knew just, yeah, I was pretty excited when um, I was I was playing Carlton, or Richmond for a few years in a row because um, I knew I was going to kick a few and get in a few scuff, scuffles and stuff, and, and I was all part of it. Um, yeah, they they had, they had good days with me, and I'd had, I'd had you know, good days with him. But it was always fun playing. old Jakey! old, old, old the uh, push up, Kim, because he thought he was tough. He thought he he thought he was tougher than he was, and
0: um, yeah, it was always a bit of fun with Jake. <laughs> that, that's that's David's opinion, not mine, Jake. If you are listening, <laughs> <laughs> um, with with the obviously the ultimate success alluded to you guys, but you said you're still a, a very tight group how how in your mind is that group is that group defined because i think a lot of a lot of saints fans would hold on to that as their it's the most successful side day a lot of them would have seen um but obviously they you do lack that that medal or that car how do you how do you you know define that that group and that's oh, as
1: i've kind of said before a special group one that will be mates for life so pretty pretty proud um yeah it's special that you know we went so far and We'll be still doing the, you know the yearly catch-ups for you know for 20 30 years 40 you know to come because as you say you don't see them but when you do see them it's like you've seen them last week and you just got out of the showers and you're just playing hacky sack in the in the club rooms before you get out to footy training and cracking jokes and hiding in people's lockers and stuff like that so it's when you catch up it was one of the physio 40s there a couple of weeks ago and there was seven or eight there and it was just literally like i've seen each other you know two days ago and i hadn't seen you know like Jimmy Gwilt and Blakey and Dale for months because of COVID and you know footy and stuff like that so it's good that we're allowed out now to see all the boys and um, you know and get amongst it so I've got to organise a new uh, another dinner coming up soon and hopefully get a few of the boys there and um, but we're always pretty proud of each other we can look each other in the eye you know there's not no one that doesn't come Um, so it's um, yeah probably more more special and proud than than anything.
0: We mentioned player and cheer squad altercations. You had had one with Mick Malthouse, one day on the floor of Telstra Dome. When when that happened, I think everyone was a bit stood back because coach and player interaction was so rare. How did that, were you at the time when you shocked? And how do you take that in that split second of everything's happening but so when the dust settles where did it sit with you that you know coach player interaction is probably something that still doesn't happen didn't happen yeah. then where did it sit with you and how did, how did you take it
1: um, yeah no dramas it, was just, it was, wasn't part of the game because coach shouldn't talk to a player but it was just yeah got caught up in the moment and just you know a few verbals to each other and go this yourself and go that yourself and um, yeah a few Mercurio and, and all that went there. but at the time it was just a you know quarter time you know like quarter time biff that the crowd wants to see and um, you kind of don't, at the time, I did know Mick Muldis, I didn't know he was coming over, but you look over and you know, he's having a go and I'm having a go back. And at the time, the rest of the game, he didn't even really think about it until after the game, we got blown up. And you know, like it kind of just, you know, went on from there and he got a t- t- investigation about, you know, talking to a player and all that kind of stuff. But it was just, that no, was no skin off my back, what happens on the field, it stays in the field, but obviously when it's at the highest level, it's going to get blown out of proportion and, um, things like that, but yeah, it just uh, another thing that happened. Just another thing that happened to my footy career. My, another, another little story. <laughs>
0: did Did he react to you after? Uh, not
1: straight away, no. Not straight away. He tried a, um, a few years ago, but yeah, I just thought it go through to the keeper. Just yeah, he didn't straight away. So um, yeah, yeah. So no, I just yeah, I didn't accept it. And um, he did try to see Brian Raw, who was a mate of mine at, at Bow Footy Club, but yeah, that was. Ten years ago, so you're going to apologise. I would have thought you apologise straight away, but that's everyone's different. But um, yeah, I wouldn't say good to him. walked down the street, like I wouldn't cross the road and say good to him. Like I didn't know, he didn't coach me. I don't have a relationship with him, so
0: um, yeah, it is what it is. Um, and we'll wrap up shortly. But the is now, obviously one and one now, a big win over yeah. in yeah. Perth. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a list that seems to be you or the nine can quite tell. Yeah. I mean, how, how do you say that? yeah the
1: same mate I'm the same I'm obviously mad saying her and um, my daughter Lila she's 12 now so I we went to the first game and, and, and she's loving it and as I kind of say things can change so quickly like we made the finals two years ago and won our first final for eight years and then last year was a bit of a you know shit year really if I could say that it was just a yeah poor year and you know our leaders didn't stand up but we're not that far off so um yeah the first game you know wasn't great we went had to pass plays do there we went and you know you know i think everyone was disappointed the players were disappointed i think it was all that first game build up and you know it's like a grand final sometimes because you've had a really poor year you want to set this set the scene set the standard for the year and you dish that up so um i knew that i knew not that i know I, I know a few of the boys but i knew that wasn't going to be the case last week and I uh, had a little sneaky bet on us last week. I thought we were going to win last week, and it wasn't looking good early, but all our leaders stood up. And uh, you know, Maxi King's going to be a going to be a gun player, and little you know, Jackie Higgins. You know, the week before got you know like spoken to and um, not not giving that handball team play, and then comes out last week. So uh, for him to stand up and do that, hopefully that sets a standard and um, makes him a better player. and Now he knows he can do it and. You know his teammates had told him that you know we don't accept that and I got told that four or five times so hopefully last week and there's nothing better than a than an interstate win that can start set your season up I remember ours was was seven and eight and we played over at West Coast and we weren't going that good and we beat West Coast when they were favourites and I, I know Freo didn't make finals last year but still an interstate win where no one was tipping us and to do what we did last week especially in the second half after not kicking a goal at quarter time I think and then you know being down at half time to come back it was uh, one made full of grit and determination so hopefully the Tigers this week if we can somehow beat the Tigers who have been a super team for many years now it'll it'll keep us in good stead because they've had a sneaky look at the fixture and there's a few good games that I think if we play our best footy we can um, you know maybe be 4-1 or 3-2 and two. and I just think you got to be you know, at the halfway mark, halfway or a bit over the ledger, you know, seven and four, six and five, you know, hopefully seven, four, you know, eight, three will be good. That'll be exceeding expectations. But I think we're um, better than a lot of people think we are. So I'm hoping and I'll be at a few games and uh, hopefully cheering on for the Morning Saners to get back where we belong.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not a Saints fan by any means, so I'm pretty happy if they stay in the middle yeah, of the ledger. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I've got some mates that are Saints fans who I know are no, a, a firm believers of the journey, so I think Saints fans better stay, stay thick because it, it can turn very quickly. Um, you mentioned past players' day there. Have you had much to do, other than the odd fuck, with the club since you left? I I, I always think, I'm a believer in it. I think it's important to acknowledge what's come before you, and have you you had much to do with the
1: club? Yeah, there was a a buddy program that Aaron Hamill, who's at your team now, the Mighty Blues, is at the Saints for eight, nine years, Um, so it kind of started two, three years ago for COVID, so I had about five or six, seven forwards at or take out for dinner, so we ended up only going out for one it was just a WhatsApp group and catch up and um, and then, so I think we had one dinner at Squires Loft and a bit of a chat and just a chinwag and a couple of beers and just to stay, get the past players involved which was good, it was myself, Maxie uh, Jason Blake, Dell I think Jason Daniels, there's about seven or eight guys that looked after not looked after, just more so to reach out for a message or just to stay involved then kind of COVID hit and it was just more the WhatsApp and great win boys and you know, just keep in contact that way. But I just recently joined, uh, a year and a half ago, the Past Players Committee. So, um, try and get all my era back to, you know, all the past players functions. We had about 120 a couple of weeks ago. So, three or four functions a year. And, obviously, you see what Melbourne did last year with their past players group. And, and it is good to get, to get involved because it was such a massive part of, of of my life. And I've been out nine years now. So, I just kind of go as I was at, know, St Kilda for 13, 14 years, and now I've been out for nine, working for eight. Like it just goes ridiculously, that bloody quick. It's stupid. So to get, to get involved in the past players and get them back and catch up because it is tough. And have got Danny Foley's in an hour, so they're going to have a breakfast once every six weeks. Sean Wellsmith, who's president of the past players, and there's Justin Peckett, myself, Jason Daniels. So it's a few guys that are starting to get back and try and get a few of the players back around the club and because it's such a big part of your, your life and you don't get to see the boys as much as you used to. So when you do, it's always good for a beer slash coffee. No, no coffee is <laughs> No, awesome, mate.
0: Sounds great. No, that's, that's all we have. Um, it's been unbelievable to sit down and, and chat with you, mate. Thanks so much for coming Thanks, on. Thanks,
1: Jakey. Good man.